You're listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kamajis, a licensed clinical social worker with a multi-state online therapy practice. I have a passion for empowering women and mom therapists to break free of the fear, overwhelm, and oppressive systems that hold them back from taking action and building the private practice of their dreams. My goal is for you to boldly believe in yourself as a clinician and business owner. If you're looking for a place to learn practice building strategy and skill while also claiming your own power as a woman and a therapist, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the show. Welcome to this week's episode of the Raise to Empower podcast. I'm really looking forward to talking with our guest today, Katie Reed. Katie helps helping professionals step into their biggest lives so they can serve in the biggest ways. She's been an LMFT forever, directed large agencies, taught grad school, supervised over 40 interns, written psych training materials, spoken at conferences, and has had practices in various cities. She is also the creator of the Clinician to Coach Academy, the Clinique Coach Certification, Six Figure Flagship Program, and the Growing Edge Microcast. She's a special needs mom, a rescue dog mom, an eager but terrible karaoke singer, and an interior (laughs) designer wannabe. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. So I always like to just kind of find out from people, like, how did you get where you are today? I know you are a therapist turned coach. So for those who don't know your story, share with us a little background of how you got to where you are right now. Yeah. So, um, as you can imagine happens with a lot of us moms, my life changed a little bit. I had been a therapist forever, like you read and kind of had all the jobs in the field and loved it. And what happened for me was both of my boys were diagnosed pretty young with special needs and my life really turned upside down. I could no longer just go sit in an office. I could no longer be a community mental health director all day. I had to take them around to sessions and appointments and all the various services that they needed. Uh, It made our lives really tricky because I was still trying to like be with the kiddos all day. And then the minute my husband would get home from work, I'd be putting on the therapist clothes and running out the door to my therapy office. You know, it was one of those rough schedules for a while. And then his job transferred us over one state. And there I was all of a sudden without a license. With all the years of experience behind me, I was back at ground zero on having to go through a long relationship process in a new state and needing to make money at the same time, which was so frustrating because I, all the skills that I had were tied up basically in this relationship process. And I had to get creative about, okay, how am I going to bring in income for the family while I'm waiting for this. And long story short, what I started to do was actually to offer like copywriting and marketing help to other therapists, because I had some skills with that and I knew I could help. And that evolved over time to the point where when that new license finally did come in the mail, I actually had this really thriving coaching and consulting business already. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to open an office again after all, at least not then. And I'm going to see where this takes me. And what I found was a real passion of mine were therapists who were ready for and looking at that next level, whatever that meant for them, whether they were like, I wonder if I could have more creativity by moving into coaching or more flexibility with my schedule moving into coaching, or they wanted to do uh, online courses, for example, building online courses or leading retreats or any of these ways that 
we therapists can sort of take our skills, repackage, repurpose them, serve even more people, create even more freedom in our own lives. And for me, that was the whole thing was I was like, I need to create a career for myself. Well, A, I need a career that can't be taken away if I have to move. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that yeah. was huge for me. I'm very security motivated. And when that happened and like, it feels like the rug gets pulled out from under you. And I've actually had several clients now that had similar situations where something unexpected happened in their lives. They had to move and all of a sudden they were at ground zero again. So that's a terrible thing that kind of looms sure. over us, unfortunately. So it was that, but also just the fact that my kiddos come first and you know, they needed speech and PT and OT and ABA and like all these different services. And I had to be able to work and make money even with my crazy, bizarre schedule. Yeah. And so that for me was super important. And that was what was a huge motivator for me in doing all of this was being able to provide for them, be there for them, be at all the sessions, be at all the appointments and still be contributing to the family and to the budget and everything else. I relate to so much of that one. I have a child with special needs. And so oh, like having but to be know. able to, I mean, there are some weeks where we have five different appointments just right. for him in one right. week. Right. right. Or, and then you also have the unexpected of like, oh, the school calls. Yes. And so it's yes. always picked up. And then my husband is in the Coast Guard. And so I oh. tell people like I've collected licenses because we've had to move. Yeah. Um, and I've been fortunate that it has not been complicated for me per se to That's necessarily good. move those licenses, but it doesn't sound like that was necessarily the case for you and for many no. others. Yeah. Well, I had to start over. I had to do new exams because I was coming from California which yeah. had their own exams and then moving to exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Don't even, <laughs> I'm so traumatized. <laughs> Let me tell you studying for exams the first time as a 28 or 29 year old versus the next time as like a 42, 43 year old, that is a different brain. Yeah. Yes. To retain yeah. All of that information. <laughs> yeah. Even if you are military spouse. And like, sometimes there are things that, you know, can get waived. California is one of those States that is not easy. And no. I've, I've said to my husband, that is off the list um, of options <laughs> because, because of that. Yeah. Like it's yeah. really, really challenging. We go through all of this process of going through grad school, doing all our clinical hours, sitting right. for the board exams, and then to have one state be like, Oh, well, we're not going to honor that can be just yeah. like a punch in the gut. Well, I remember at one point, like, so we moved here and I couldn't even start the application process till after we moved because you had to send in proof of residence in the form of a bill to you in your name at the address. Like you can't even get that until you've been yeah. here for a bit. And I sent in this massive packet. I mean, they literally, they're like, we don't care that you've been licensed for a hundred years. We need your grad school grades. And like, you know, it's like going back to the beginning where you're like, yeah. really? I don't even know where that is. Right. Um, and I sent this huge packet in and all the reference letters and all the things. And then I got a letter back. Thank you. Our board doesn't meet during the summer. So someone will look over oh your gosh. packet in three to four months. And I was like, that yeah. is my livelihood. Right, <laughs> you know? right. Certain states are very specific. Like you cannot operate in this state unless you are licensed. And so right. then what are you supposed to do? You're stuck. Right. And this was like before everything went online during COVID. And so it wasn't this easy, you know, just, I know a lot of people saw online clients in various places during COVID out of necessity. And like, we weren't, we weren't, the world was not there yet when all of this was right. happening. So, so 
when you were heading in the direction of, okay, maybe I'm leaving the therapy world and moving towards the coaching direction. Was there anything specific that told you, okay, this is the direction to go. Cause you said I was starting to help with some website copy and that kind of thing. Like what really helped you to find your area of focus that you wanted to work in? You know, it's interesting. So I started doing therapist marketing in general, and I did find myself getting a little bored because it's a lot of repetition. Like mm -hmm. when you're starting out, you need to learn all this stuff. But then once you've learned like basic therapist marketing, it doesn't change that much. It's kind of the same for everybody. You learn the basic skills and you can rinse and repeat. And I didn't mind that, but I was like, I'm getting a little bored teaching the same things. And then I had some clients come in who were like, actually, I'm thinking of building an online course. Could you help me with that? And all of a sudden, that was so exciting to me because yeah. it was so creative and I loved getting to work on all of that and help them figure out how to repackage their skills and how to talk about what they could do and how to talk about the impact that they could have if people bought this course or signed up yeah. for this coaching package. And it was so fun. And that just started really becoming a passion of mine, helping with that. And I saw that more and more and more therapists were realizing, wait a minute, there is a way to take all my skills that I already have, all my knowledge, everything I went to school for, right. apply it to people who probably have non-clinical levels of need, you know, higher executive functioning skills. I hate to say easier clients, but certainly right. in some cases, easier clients, you know, clients who are really functioning very well. And they just have this one need. They just have this one area where they're like, oh, if I could just get help with this, everything would be great. Yeah. And so for therapists, being able to come in and be like, well, I can help with that. Like, that's easier than what I do in my day job. Sure. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I can do that. Okay. And so getting to work with that and have people get into that and see them start to kind of grow and come alive. And since then, we've just had so many amazing stories of how therapists have really changed their own lives by leaning into their creativity, you know, looking that imposter syndrome in the face that we all yeah. have, but being like, you know what, there is something more for me than just coming to this little office every day for the next 20 years until retirement. There's something more for me than just serving people in this little five mile bubble outside of my therapy right. office. Like, I think that I could do more. And so those are the people that I get so excited by because so many of us are, we came into this field because we're creative, because we're intuitive, because we're helpers at heart and the field can chew us up and spit us out. Like we all know yes. many people <laughs> who have gone through intense burnout, who have left the field altogether. To me, I'm like, that is terribly sad. There's gotta be a way for us to use all of our natural proclivities and continue to be helping professionals and create the lives that we want and be there for our kids and our families and create maybe the flexibility like you and I need in right. our lives to actually have a life where at the end of the day, you're happy. You're like, I took care of my most important things and my most important people. And I was able to still be a helping professional out in the world. Well, and one of the things that I connect with, with what you're talking about is that creativity piece that for me, I didn't realize that was missing about myself in my therapy practice until I started being able to tap into that in things that I've been able to do outside of therapy with coaching or consulting and courses and stuff. And that it's like, 
oh my gosh, this is fun. <laughs> right. Like, I love we're, that. We're kind yes. of put in a box to a degree with our therapy, right? Like where there's definitely parameters, right. Of what right, we're right. supposed to not do or do like absolutely stay within our, you know, scope of practice. There's this kind of freedom to explore and kind of tap into this other part of ourselves that again, I don't think sometimes we recognize is missing until we find it. And we're like, oh yeah, this is a piece of me. Completely. I love that. I resonate so hard with that. It's what I love to see too in our clients in the clinic coach Academy. We'll get people coming into the group who are like, okay, this was stupid of me, but I stayed up all night because I was so excited because I was working on my program and I was writing out everything that's going to be in it and blah, blah, blah. And I I feel the exact same as you. You almost don't realize that you're stuck in that rut. Yeah. And that you're just kind of like groundhog daying your <laughs> right, life, right, right? You know, until you find something that gets you excited again. Yeah. And I always compare it to when I was in grad school, and I would be so excited to read the book and so excited to talk to my friends and my cohort about everything yeah. we were learning. And getting back to that level of excitement again yeah. is amazing. I love yeah. it. Well, I think, I, I, you know, as you say that, it almost makes you wonder, like it must tap into some kind of part of our brain that's maybe like been dormant for a little while, yeah, right? Like right? in grad school, like it's being used a lot because we're learning something yeah. new and we're exploring this and we're questioning things. And I think when you do start venturing into something a little bit outside of our typical scope, then it is, it's like, okay, I've not thought of it this way, or this is something new. And it's using that similar part, I think. Well, and there's an incredible thing that happens too. And I, for me, like I am in my forties, I didn't grow up with the internet as just this regular thing in my everyday life. And so it always felt like, oh, anything fancy on the internet, having some sort of internet business, like that's not for me, that's for the kids, you know, like that's for everybody who's younger than us. But honestly, being able, like realizing that A, the the entire internet really is set up right now for very small micro business owners to be successful. It is completely set up to be user-friendly for all of us to be successful and realizing, wait a minute, I can do this. I can learn the basic skills of putting out my services online in a way that other people can see it, understand what I'm doing, purchase my services from me. That is the basic skill of lifetime security. Mm. Yeah. No one can ever take that away from you. And so having that knowledge, much like when we went to grad school and we got all this knowledge about how to be a therapist and about human psychology, no one can take that away from you. And now for me, being able to have all of that and also have the skills that allow me to create an income and create security and all of those things for my family, that feels amazing. And it feels so empowering to not be like, oh, that's too hard. I'm too old. I'm too this. I'm too that. You know, but just to be like, you know what? If anybody can figure it out, I went to grad school. I'm a relatively smart person. Like in theory, I can figure this out too. (laughs) Yeah. No, empowering was the word that was coming to mind as you were talking, because it is like when you're able to, whether it is a counseling practice or it is a coaching program, or it is a course, like when you create this thing and you, when you're in the weeds, it can feel really hard. But when you take that step back and you look at it and you're like, I did that. Right. I made this. It's mine. Like that. I cannot describe, like you said, the feeling of empowerment that comes from that, especially for 
moms who we need flexibility and, and not just moms. I know I have, you know, listeners and women that I work with who they may not have children, but they're caregivers in other ways. And they exactly. need that flexibility to be able to say like, no, I'm not doing this today, or I can't do this today. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to have the autonomy to create something that works for you and your yeah. family's needs is so invaluable. And like you said, you can rev it up when you need to be like, I need yeah. more income and you can turn it down when your family has those additional needs coming up that just need more time. We've all been told we need to network in our private practice, but no one actually tells us how to do it or what to say. Enter Comprehensive Connecting, effective scripts that expand your networking community and actually fill your online practice. This free guide will give you effective scripts to connect with fellow clinicians, medical professionals, and community stakeholders to build strong networking relationships that will help fill your practice. In this guide, you will get tips and tricks for building relationships that will lead to referrals in your practice, real life examples of messages used to connect with referral sources, and customizable plug and send scripts for your specific practice needs. So download your free scripts guide today by going to bit.ly forward slash comp connecting. Something I talk about a lot is when you finally realize that you can uncouple your income from the number of hours your butt has to sit in a seat and be a therapist, when you can uncouple those things, the world opens up to you in these amazing ways. And like we talked about creativity, suddenly your creativity starts to just spark like crazy. And you're like, oh, I could do this. I could do that. I could do this. And it's yeah. great. And it, and you start to realize just how much potential and possibility you have using what you already know. And I, therapists tend to devalue just how much we know. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> it's incredible, right? Like we all, I, it's the thing I hear all the time from clients is they'll go out in the world and be like, I was talking to this new coaching client and I was sharing the most basic stuff that I just thought everybody knew. And she was blown away by it. And I'm like, right. Cause nobody knows. Right, <laughs> we right. all talk to therapists all day. We think everybody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. You have so much rich information that would help so many people that you're assuming already know this stuff and they don't. Yeah. People know like TikTok videos, TikTok <laughs> definitions of, yeah. you know, mental health yeah. disorders. Like nobody knows the real stuff. Yeah. Well, and I think the other part too is not just that people don't know, but that they need to hear it from you. Where yeah. I see this with a lot of women where we get that imposter syndrome or we feel like, well, so-and-so is already doing that. And so I can't possibly, I don't want to step on their toes. And I am so big on community over competition or collaboration over competition, because when someone makes a decision, whether it is in therapy or whether it is in coaching or taking a course to work with so-and-so they're choosing them because Mm -hmm. of who they are and how they offer and frame things. And when someone chooses to work with me, it's because of who I am and what I offer. And I think we have so much fear in our profession (laughs) as professionals. And I really think that holds us back from taking that step and be like, no, maybe I could do this because we're worried. I I think we really tend to be worried about failure. Like, well, this other person had success, but what if I don't have that? And I, I just want us to shake that from ourselves that like, no, if someone else is doing it, you can do it too. Yep. 
I, you're going for the real stuff, Ashley. I like this podcast. <laughs> you're going for the jugular and I am a hundred percent in agreement. And it's the most common thing that we see and that everyone struggles with. I just, I only run one program. It's called six figure flagship. And it's where we do our clinic coach certification and people come in very excited, very gung ho. And then they hit that point where it's like, okay, now we're at the point where you've built a bunch of this stuff. Now we're going to take it out publicly. Yeah. And start to let other people know. And that terror that kicks in is so real and it's so palpable and understandable. And it's interesting. I have definitely had my own journey with it. I remember the first time I ever tried to do a Facebook live, I paced around my living room. I don't even probably for half an hour, like having a panic attack at the thought <laughs> going live, which was so stupid because I don't even think anyone joined the live or saw it or anything, but I was so scared. I was terrified. And I, you know, and all of those things, and I tell my clients too, it's all exposure therapy, right? Like the first time you want to die, the second and third time you still mostly want to die. And by like the seventh or eighth time, you don't even think about it anymore. You just post the reel, you just post the video, whatever it is. But it is that matter of going through it. And I was just talking recently, um, we're launching a new thing. I can talk about it at the end. It's called a microcast, the growing yeah. edge microcast. And uh, we just recently in one of the microcasts, I was talking about how my relationship to fear has changed. And mm. I'm very grateful for that. And it's all a result of outgrowing the office like you and I are talking about, because I have now had to just over and over and over do things that scared the living crap out of me. And <laughs> I'm still here and alive and talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> and the amazing thing is even, and some of the ones that are like the really, like the scariest, you know, have then yielded the most incredible, unexpected mm. results, whether it's new friendships, new opportunities, new colleagues, new ideas. It's just been amazing. And it is that I've had to step into fear, whether it was a fear of, investing in a certain group. And then I joined Mm. it. And then I found the most amazing colleagues there or fear of going to speak at a conference because public speaking, I'm I can talk on zoom all day, but as soon as I'm standing in front of people, I'm like, Oh, I'm so nervous. (laughs) And so like, but doing that and repeatedly doing that and going to speak has just yielded me these beautiful relationships and friendships that I would not have had otherwise. And so my relationship to fear, I, I will still absolutely notice the fear coming up about anything new. I will spiral in it a little bit. And then I'll be like, wait, 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 Katie. Now you know that if you go towards it, not to say that every single time you do something scary, you get some amazing result, but so often you do that it is always worth the chance. And so it has, it's been fun being able to just slowly see that change in my own mind through the experience. Even if the outcome isn't your the most perfect, successful, right, yeah. right. but I think it teaches you about yourself too. Like, okay, yeah. like that felt really good. Or I didn't think I was going to like that. And I did, and I want to do it again. Right. And yes. so just learning that process that everything doesn't have to always be like a win for it to help you yes. in the journey. That's actually so true. And I laugh with my team behind the scenes. If people knew how many terrible ideas I've had that like my team and I sent to work creating and that just completely flopped. Like if people knew, people look at us and they're like, oh, you're a million dollar business. You're so successful. I'm like, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you saw the number of like harebrained ideas I had in the middle of the night and I woke up so excited about it and then we spent weeks putting them together and they just 
flopped. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you know, again, you just live through, you're like, okay, live and learn. Like you said, sure. okay, here we are. <laughs> so I know a lot of times because we have so much on our plate and we do need that flexibility. And that's where a lot of moms I work with is, you know, we're building online therapy practices because it does give us more of that flexibility. Yeah. But if somebody is saying like, okay, I hadn't considered this coaching option as something either separate or in addition to my therapy practice, what is kind of the thing to help them start thinking if it's the right timing? for them to be doing that. Cause it can be a lot to like add something else in when you're like, I'm already so busy. So exactly. what would be some things for somebody to be thinking about if this is the right timing for them to say, yeah, right. let me start venturing in this other direction. I love that question. So I have also, I feel like over the years of doing this have changed my relationship to time a little bit. And so I can tell you that when I started this business, the only time that I had, I had one child who had just started kinder and I had one who was in two different like special needs preschool programs on two opposite sides of two neighboring suburbs. So my day, I would drop him at one. Well, actually, I wouldn't even drop him. The first one I had to stay with him because he wasn't potty trained. So I was sitting on the floor of this loud, crazy preschool with my computer for 90 minutes while he did his stuff. Uh, and then we would drive way across town, bring him to the other one, and I would have another 90 minutes or so. So I had these two little chunks of time. What was interesting about that is that I got so much more done that year mm. than the next year when he went to kindergarten and I suddenly had six hours. I got so much less done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because my brain was like, I have all day. I have so much sure. time. What a gift this is. And what I realized really in that next year and looking back and seeing that it's not just the old adage, like give the thing to the busy person and it will get done. It's not exactly that. It's that I really feel like we have inspired hours and uninspired hours. And those inspired hours, you know what they're like. You're in the flow state. You're mm -hmm. moving quickly. The ideas are flowing. You're getting things done. You're telling yourself, I only have an hour to write this sure. piece of website copy. And so it needs to get done right now. And boom, your creativity kicks in and it makes it happen. And so you can have, when you have just small little pockets of time, very rich pockets of time, as long as either you are strict with yourself or your schedule is just strict with you regardless, because yeah. you have so much going on, then you can actually get so much more done. And what I find is, the days where I have too much time and I have all day and there's not a lot of meetings, my brain just wants to spread out, get lazy, like not do too much. I actually do so much better in my short little pockets of time. And I think we all work like that realistically. Yeah. And so, so often what we tell ourselves about time and needing more time, it's honestly a myth. And it's not to say, yes, I believe, honestly, we all do need time to like zone out to TikTok or Netflix at the end sure. of the day. Like, I'm not one of those people who's like, well, you should stop doing that because blah, blah, blah. No, we need that. Like, especially yeah. if you're a mom, my gosh, you need that like brain space at the end right. of the day. But every day has edges. Every day has pockets. And the great thing is when you start doing something that engages your creativity, that you know is going to make you more income, that you know is going to give you more freedom of time. So you have these bigger whys of what you're going to do with that time and that income and your family and all these things. When you have that going on, suddenly the inspired hours are coming more and more frequently. Yeah, and you're yeah. more productive and you're getting more done 
because you're excited about it because it's like that little windmill of creativity going in your brain, you know, and, yeah. and producing. No, I mean, I know when I was starting building my therapy practice, it was like, I had to build it in those pockets of time. And yes. there were times when I was like, oh my gosh, I'd rather be doing something else right Anything now. Anything else, but right? I knew that in order to get to the place where I was going to be able to reach certain goals, I had to do that thing during that time. And I think, again, as a mom, we know what exhaustion and beyond feels oh, like, yes. right? But <laughs> yeah. that I think to remind ourselves that when we are operating in those edges, right? That it doesn't have to be forever. Keeping in mind that like, okay, yeah, it may be for an extended period of time, but that doesn't have to always be that way. And so if we are having to fill those other little spaces with that productivity, how can we either somewhere else in our day, make sure we are getting some of that downtime yeah. or, you know, to just decompress or make sure that it's not forever that we're staying in that right. complete, just overworking ourselves. Completely. Space. And when I was building this business and as I continue to work on this business, it's stuff I do like, and it's stuff I am passionate about. So I actually feel like that doesn't contribute to my sense of burnout or overwork, yeah. even if it is a lot of time, but you're absolutely right. In the beginning, probably the first year and a half, I worked a lot of like random nights and weekends, just trying to get stuff in. And then eventually one day I was like, okay, I'm done with that. Like yeah. evenings are evenings, weekends are weekends again, it needs to go back to that. So one of the things that does happen just to give people like that little carrot at the end of the stick, if you are thinking about launching into coaching, we had somebody just recently, and I love this. She came into the group and she was like, okay, I just booked my fifth coaching client. Cause most of our people are starting from pretty scratch, not all of them, but they're mostly starting from scratch on building a coaching business adjacent to their therapy practice. And she said, okay, I just booked my fifth coaching client. And she said, you guys with these five coaching clients, I am making more this month than I ever made with a completely full therapy practice for a month. Wow. And so when you think about how different your life would be working five hours a week versus 25, 30, whatever sure. your typical private practice level is, that's insane, right? Yeah. Like that is a whole different life. Yeah. And that is where you now have the choice that maybe you're going to work 10 hours a week and double your current income, or maybe you're just going to work five hours a week right. because you want the rest of your time for you and for your family and for everything else. And so when I look at that and think, we just had another person come in and within the first three weeks of the program, she's like, I can't believe this, but I've already earned 10 K in coaching fees within yeah. three weeks. Yeah. And so like that, when you think of 10 K, the average therapist salary for the year is 50 K. Right. That's right. the average. We're the lowest paid of the highly educated professions, Yeah, which just stinks for us, yeah. <laughs> but it yeah. is the reality. And so when you think about that and the freedom that can come back into your own life, and at the same time, you're being creative and you're still being a helping professional and you've opened up time you know, I'm not that most therapists are not just focused on the money because they want to give back and they want to be helpers. Well, think how much more you can give back mm. when you have that time, when you have the extra income to donate more, uh, all of that is like a huge part of your being able to give back while creating the life that you want for your family and your kids. Absolutely. I know you mentioned kind of briefly and you're like, oh, I'll share about it uh, in a little bit, but you have a, oh, yeah. a new project that's just launching. Share a little yeah. bit about that. 
Sure, sure. So this, it's funny talking about feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, I wanted more connection with our graduates from our, our, our certified clinic coaches after they graduated. And I was like, I just, I hate that people go and then I don't see them all the time anymore. And so I started sending out to them just little two minute audio messages that I would send via text in the morning. And they were not like, therapist, marketing specific or anything necessarily, but they were more like psychology hacks, motivation, mindset, resilience, you know, topics like that. And just my little musing, or maybe if I had a little aha moment on one of these things or a little reframe, imposter syndrome, you know, things like that. And we started sending these out and they were super duper successful with our clients. Our clients yeah. love them. They were like, it's two minutes. I can just listen to it in the car. And it just gives me that little thing to think about for the day. Or some of our clients were bringing it into their own therapy clients or their own coaching clients and kind yeah. of using it as a conversation starter there. And so I was like, you know, I think we could offer these to anybody. They're not just for therapists necessarily, but they're kind of motivating the therapist and bringing therapists back sure. into thinking about these topics. And so we have just launched it out to everyone. I'm uh, talking to you today and hoping our tech is running smooth behind the scenes. Yeah. So it is called the Growing Edge Microcast. So it's like a little micro podcast, yeah. just a little two minute daily podcast and anybody can opt in. It's totally free. We're just doing this as a way to build community and as a way for me to kind of explore what other topics are things that I enjoy talking about and that might be helpful for people to learn from me at this stage of my life, you know, having been a therapist, having been an entrepreneur, just taking some of those lessons learned along the way and bringing them out to the larger community. If you go to the opt-in page is heykatyreed.com. And I, I'm sure that'll be a we'll link it. for yep. people. Yep. Yeah. And you just opt in and it's free and you can obviously unsubscribe anytime easily. Uh, but you just go there. And then also my Instagram is heykatyreed.com. And that's where I'm hoping that each day we can get a little conversation going, maybe about yeah. that day's topic, if it hits somebody and they wanted to say something or they had an opinion about it. I love where this started as one thing and it talking about creativity, right? You're like, oh, this was just, just this one thing I wanted to say connected to these people and that it started resonating. And you're like, huh, like oh, what yeah. can I do with this? And how can I change this and seeing where this can go? And right. Like it's just starting today and who knows what a year from now, you're a couple like, years, right? Yeah, exactly. like where that's do I want exciting. this to evolve from? So that's really, really exciting. Yeah. And I'm hoping like for me, I've always been like, I want to write a book, but I don't know what to write a book about. And I'm like, you know what, this might be a way for me to test different types of material, yeah. see what people respond to and use that as guidance of, oh, maybe people would like it if I wrote a book on this topic, but you're right. The creativity thing, it does, because as these were slowly becoming sort of successful within our own client base, I have also been thinking, how do I help my clients get their own clients? Like, how do I use my marketing arms to help wrap them in as well and help them get their own clients? And then I was like, oh, the microcast can be sponsored by the Clinic Coach Academy. So yeah. at the end of every little microcast, we invite people. We say, hey, if you want a coach who's also a therapist, come here and check out our directory. So then little by little, every single day, everyone who subscribes will be exposed to, oh, there's a directory of coaches yeah. who are also therapists. That's cool. And so it is, it's like your brain starts to get excited yeah. about these little connections that you hadn't thought about before. Which is so cool. And I love how what you're doing is then continuing to support the people that 
have come alongside you and done this work with you. Yeah. Which is so, so, so needed. If somebody listening is interested to learn more about your work, to learn more about is coaching right for me, where can they find your information? So I would just start with our freebies. We have a big freebie bundle. Um, it's really robust. And if you just go to katyreed.com, you'll see the freebies link, or you can just do katyreed.com backslash freebies, and you can opt in there. And we have packets about how to launch a coaching business, how to launch an online course, how to know if you have a good niche. We have all that stuff. It's pretty robust. So I would say start there. It's a good way to dip your toe in the water. You can also, if you go to that, Hey, Katie Reed on Instagram and subscribe to the microcast, then you'll kind of get more a sense of who I am. And like you were saying, people decide if they resonate with you or not, if they want to work with you. So then you can get a sense from there. Do I want to work with Katie? Is this a match for me? And so you can do both of those things. And it's a nice way just to dip your toe in the water and see if it might be the right thing or the right time for you. Katie, I've loved getting to talk with you today and I just feel like we have, like we could keep going. So I'm sure this won't be the last time that I have (laughs) you on um, because I feel like there's a lot more we could talk about, but I really appreciate you taking the time today and just sharing your energy and your knowledge and expertise with us. Um, It's definitely appreciated. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. Check the show notes for all links and resources mentioned in the show. If you found today's episode helpful or inspiring, be sure to share it with your therapist friends. And don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave your five-star rating and review. It truly means so much to me and will help us get our message of empowerment out to other women and mom clinicians. And I'd love to connect with you in our Facebook community. So check out the show notes for the link or head to bit.ly forward slash raise to empower to join us. I'll see you back here next week.